Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to DollarCollapse.com with John Rabino, your ringside seat for the global financial crisis. Morning, everybody. It is Monday, February 8th, and another exciting Monday. Not incredibly unusual in the scheme of things lately, but still a lot of fun for gold bugs and short sellers and and, um, no fun for anybody else. This time around, the banks are imploding. This time around, the headline story is that Venezuela met with the Saudi Arabians to try to get the Saudis to curb oil production. And the Saudis said no. So oil prices are once again plunging and um, precious metals are jumping and stocks are tanking. It's a classic flight to safety. But under the surface, things are actually vastly worse than a a mere 350-point drop on the Dow Jones Industrials would indicate. And one of the big reasons for this is that the, the world's banks are starting to roll over in a way that's reminiscent of the 2007 financial crisis, which seems like it just happened, you know, that, that we didn't learn our lessons from something that happened six years ago is really astounding. But here we are again. And the story begins with the Italian banking system. And as an Italian-American, I feel qualified to diss my people. You know, this is a really childlike culture that uh, that has this concept called la dolce vita, meaning the good life, you know, live for today, have a good time, and, and don't worry about the future. And translated into money, that apparently means borrow as much as you can and don't worry about paying it back when the time comes. Right now in the Italian banking system, 16% of the country's loans are non-performing. That is 16% of the borrowers in in Italy aren't paying anything on their loans right now. And um, that's a level that basically means the end of the banking system generally. You know, nobody else is above five or 6% right now. And Italy is up there in double digits. And the worst performing bank is Banca Monte de Pasci, which has non-performing loans of 33%. That means it's basically a dead bank. And it either collapses under its own weight very soon, or it gets some kind of an extreme bailout or bail-in from the government also very soon. So that's a piece of headline news for very possibly the first half of 2016. Uh, The question of what it means then is actually fairly easy to explain. You know, it means that everybody starts looking for what's next. Which is the next bank that goes after this one. And there are a lot of candidates. You know, people are going to be looking through the Italian banking system and, and seeing the majority of Italy's major banks functionally insolvent. You know, so that could be the epicenter of the next big financial crisis. But wait, it gets worse. It turns out that Deutsche Bank, the pillar of the arguably most successful economy in the world, Germany, is also in fairly deep trouble. They've lost 
6.8 billion euros in the past year, and they raised capital via some really exotic bonds called contingent convertibles, or COCO for short, that are reminiscent of a lot of the funny money paper that has been issued at the peaks of previous financial bubbles. Uh, in this case, Deutsche Bank can miss payments on its cocoa bonds whenever its finances deteriorate past a certain point, with bond owners having no recourse. And now the financial targets that would trigger a Deutsche Bank default effectively on its interest payments, they're within sight. And so these bonds are, are really falling hard. They were above par just a few months ago, and now they're 85 cents on the dollar and falling. Now, this is huge because Deutsche Bank, as I said, is one of the most important banks in the world, but it's also arguably one of the worst run. They, they have a derivatives book, for instance, that dwarfs the size of the German economy. In other words, their potential risk from this one section of their balance sheet is bigger than the host economy. Now, derivatives don't all blow up at once, so your your gross exposure is not normally your net exposure, but in extreme financial crises, the two numbers get very close. Net exposure can expand to something close to gross exposure and wipe out the bank that uh, is exposed to these derivatives. That's what happened in 2008-2009 when an insurance company called AIG turned out to have really extraordinary derivatives exposure, which would have, had they blown up, taken down Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, all the rest of the big banks in the U.S., and the U.S. government had to step in, bail out AIG, and in the process, bail out Goldman Sachs and its peers. Deutsche Bank could be kind of the same thing, where if their derivatives start to go bad, they infect the rest of the global economy, forcing some kind of really extraordinary bailout, which we can't afford anymore. You know, we've taken on $57 trillion of new debt since 2008, 2009. So we're vastly more leveraged now than we were then, vastly more financially fragile and vastly less able to handle the kind of crisis that hit in 2008, 2009. So the fact that an entire country, Italy, is looking at effective bankruptcy for its entire financial system and Deutsche Bank, which is actually in the scheme of things more important than Italy, is running into a fairly serious financial trouble, means that we're at the precipice. You know, we are in grave danger of something very serious happening very soon. The financial markets are reacting accordingly. You're seeing everything plunge that is in any way financial. You know, anything that involves counterparty risk is suddenly unattractive to a, a growing segment of the investing population. And things that don't have counterparty risk, especially precious metals, are doing really well. Because if you've got gold and silver coins stored in a safe place, nobody else has to keep a promise for you to preserve capital. But if you've got Amazon.com stock or Deutsche Bank stock or Deutsche Bank bonds or paper related to pretty much any major money setter bank these days, they've got to keep a promise in order for that instrument to be worth anything. And it's increasingly doubtful 
that they're all going to be able to keep their promises. Now, the same thing holds true with fiat currencies. Um, if you've got dollars in a bank account, there are several levels of people that have to keep their promises for those dollars to maintain their value. For instance, the U.S. government has to avoid inflating away the value of the dollar, making it less valuable in order to pursue their own financial agenda. The bank itself has to manage itself prudently enough for the bank account to be safe, for them to be able to pay you when you um, go to withdraw money. And so those things in the aggregate are less and less certain. Whereas 20 years ago, you could be pretty sure if you had a bank CD that you were going to get your money back. Now, eh, that's not the kind of guarantee that it used to be. And one of the reasons that it's, I won't say just less likely, but improbable now that financial assets will maintain their value across the board the way they have in the past is that the central banks of the world and the big banks that kind of sort of own them have reached a point where it's not clear what kind of monetary policy fixes things going forward. For instance, Deutsche Bank actually um, issued a statement calling for the European Central Bank to stop cutting interest rates and to raise interest rates going forward. Now, this is extraordinary for a couple of reasons. One is that lower interest rates used to be good for the banks because it lowered their cost of capital and they could borrow more cheaply and then they could lend it out at a wider spread. And, and uh, it also meant the financial markets tended to behave with a, a positive tenor, which was great for bank prop trading desks. So they could make money in, in all of their different business lines when interest rates were falling. Well, today we've reached the point where interest rates are being pushed into negative territory by a growing number of central banks. And it's turning out that that's not good for big commercial banks at all. It makes the uh, the markets too volatile for their prop trading desks to make money, and it makes it harder and harder to lend money out at a profit. And, and so Deutsche Bank called for the ECB to stop it, <laughs> to stop lowering interest rates, and presumably to start raising interest rates from here. But of course, we're, we're finding out what happens when a major central bank raises rates, because the, the U.S. tried that a few months back, and the financial markets have been in absolute turmoil ever since. You know, the Fed raised interest rates a, a minuscule amount in December, and January was the worst first month to a trading year in decades. So let the ECB get on that bandwagon, and we'll see financial chaos. But let them keep things where they are, and we'll see basically what we have now going forward. We'll see a market that's untenable. Or, or let them keep cutting interest rates into more deeply negative territory, and apparently we'll see the big banks implode, because that seems to be what they're trending towards now as rates drop into negative territory in more and more places. So it looks like we might have reached the point where there is no monetary policy prescription that works going forward. In other words, that, that allows us to go back to borrowing more and more money each year and, and seeing most of our financial assets go up in value. And could be that there is no policy that gets us back there. And if that's the case, then days like today are going to become the norm. We're going to see financial markets in turmoil and the demand for real assets start to go through the roof. I can't stress what a phenomenally great thing that is for gold and silver because these are tiny little markets relative to the paper that's out there. So if even 1% of global financial assets are cashed out and converted into gold and silver, these things become rocket ships. I mean, they just take off. And again, there, there's no way to know 
when that happens, or even if it happens for sure, because we're in uncharted territory, the next wave of monetary policy experiments will be truly experimental. You know, there'll, there'll be attempts to find out what happens if they do something like push interest rates to um, negative two or three percent, or if they nationalize the banks, or if they impose capital controls, or if they do quantitative easing for the people, where they basically just hand everybody ten thousand dollars and see what happens. You know, this, this is the kind of thing that's coming, and we can't know for sure what that will mean because we've never done it before. We've certainly never done it on the scale that it's going to be tried in 2016 and 2017. So because this is uncharted territory, you can't say with certainty what's going to happen in any given financial category or asset class. But what you can say is that things will probably be extremely volatile because the markets are going to have to figure out how to value things in this new environment. And it's not clear that we have the tools for, for instance, valuing bonds in a world where interest rates are negative and getting more negative all the time. What does that mean for the bond market? You know, does that affect government's ability to pay their interest? And if so, is the yield on the bond the only thing you look at? Or do you have to look at ability to pay? Are you all of a sudden in, in the realm where political risk is more important than financial risk. And yes, the the short answer is, yeah, that's what's going to happen. We're going to be more and more worried about countries being able to make it. And a lot of government debt is going to fall out of favor. We're going to lose faith in the ability of governments to manage their own affairs. And therefore, in the ability of governments to pay the interest on their bonds and to maintain the value of their currencies, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a world of chaos. You know, we've come to expect adult supervision from the central banks of the world. And we won't see that anymore. You know, they're going to be the objects of ridicule rather than of veneration at some point in the next few years. And then all bets are off in the financial markets. Anyhow, once again, fascinating times. And we'll talk more next week. Thanks for listening to Dollar Collapse. For regular info and updates throughout the day, go to dollarcollapse.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.